to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. Corey Yelland is away today. I want to dedicate this podcast to the kind souls who have given a financial contribution to assist Corey and I in continuing our work to bring the incredible stories and information about the medical use of cannabis. Our fundraising efforts continue, but to those who have given, we say thank you. And if you think our podcast and our work is of value, go to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and make a contribution and be part of our community. The primary topic of this podcast is the medical use of cannabis. We'll talk about that with our guest today, but we're going to expand it to include very simple and inexpensive ways you can take control of your health regardless of your circumstances. Our guest is an acupuncturist, a doctor of oriental and pastoral medicine, and practices what is called natural allopathic medicine. And joining us from Brazil is Dr. Mark Circus. Mark, very good of you to join us. Thanks very much. My pleasure. For the sake of those listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work, can you give us an brief overview of natural allopathic medicine? Well, I call it allopathic because the very core of what I created, which is a new form of medicine that's easy to understand, easy to learn, and mostly pretty easy to practice, meaning we can do it at home, we can do it ourselves. And the core of it comes from the emergency room and intensive care wards, where some of the best medicine is practiced, because you have to be accurate. You Somebody's dying and you have 30 seconds to save their life, you can't sit around scratching your head. you got to know what to do and do it. So I found out very early on was that the, some of the best medicines that you find in emergency rooms and intensive care wards are, yes, they're scientific, they're allopathic, but they're natural substances like magnesium chloride and magnesium sulfate, which they will inject into you, a good doctor, when you're having a heart attack. Why? Because it will save your life in seconds. In seconds. Sodium bicarbonate. You know, they don't like to talk about it because there's no money in it. But sodium bicarbonate or baking soda, the cheapest medicine in the world, Unless you're growing your own marijuana, then it could be maybe be cheaper, but even then it's debatable. If you're in the emergency room or intensive care ward, your blood starts becoming acidic and putting you in danger, what do they do? They give you an IV or injection of sodium bicarbonate. Iodine, used by the gallon, and has been for 100 years, 150 years. Even selenium is injectable. So you take these medicines and a lot more, but oxygen is another example, carbon dioxide, hydrogen, there's many things. But you take them in the same attitude with the science backing it all, 
meaning lots of experience, lots of studies, lots of everything, and you apply it just like you would in an emergency room. So if you have stage four cancer, it's different than, you know, if you have a cold or a flu. You know, you can create a treatment program where you're treating with 10 or even 15 really basic natural substances to wipe out the cancer and change the conditions of the body. Medical marijuana is one of these substances. You know, uh, hemp oil, concentrated marijuana, and it's not the only form uh, to use it in, for medicinal purposes, but in terms of cancer or really serious disease, especially life-threatening, you want to take the most concentrated, you know, strongest stuff. And uh, it's natural chemotherapy. It, it's, it is chemotherapy. It really treats cancer. There's a lot of exp experience and testimonies around the world to back that up. There's a lot of uh, science that comes out of different universities from the United States to Israel to other places where it's just logical and scientific to conclude that, yes, marijuana, when concentrated, has anti-tumor effects. Dr. Circus, do you think that many allopathic doctors today are aware of the importance to the uh, to human health of the endocannabinoid system? No, of course not. No. Do you think many doctors really understand the endocannabinoid system? No. <laughs> yeah. So we, we if you want to push if you want to push me on that, I'll tell a little story. You go to a gas station, of course, expecting to put some gas in the car, and the guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything about anything about cars, and he sticks the water hose in your gas tank. Yeah. You know, there are some basic things like gas goes in the gas tank. In medicine, there are basic things, and doctors just totally ignore them. You know, the mainstream doctors just totally ignore the basis of life because they've taken up the banner of pharmaceutical philosophy, thought practice, meaning – Let's poison people. Let's get into the business of healing through poisoning. So that's why marijuana is so important and such a tragic story that instead of embracing it as one of God's greatest gifts to us in the world of medicine, something natural already comes in a perfect form, the form to work. It can be used different ways. You can eat it. It doesn't even get you high. Eat it raw. Um, instead okay. of that, they take they use it to create a war again. Instead of helping people, a war against people, and throw millions of people in jail, destroy millions of lives, destroy a society, a culture. Any chance of it being beautiful? They have too many people behind bars. So you know. <laughs> We uh, had an interesting interview with a fellow from Eastern Canada who had bladder cancer, and he eradicated his bladder cancer through the extensive use of cannabis. And he went to the doctor and told the doctor about it. And uh, the fellow who had bladder cancer said, this plant does wonders for the endocannabinoid system. And the doctor interrupted him at that point, and I, he said, I think you meant the endocrine system. <laughs> and the patient said, no, doctor, I think you missed the class that day. So <laughs> it, it speaks to what you said. Doctors are unfamiliar with the endocannabinoid system. 
and what it does to create homeostasis in the body. And I think, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, it's tragic the way we are very quick to prescribe uh, pharmaceutical medications. There is no vote. We don't have a vote on whether we should uh, uh, allow Adderall or Lipitor or uh, Prozac. But we have to have a vote for marijuana, which is a plant that has been used for thousands and thousands of years. What is the state of the marijuana industry in terms of its legality in Brazil? Um, it's still illegal. There's always talk that this coming year is a year they're going to finally legalize it. Uh, it's pretty relaxed in terms of using it. They don't throw everybody in jail for just using it. They call them a consumer. But if you're a distributor and you're selling it then and get caught, then they can really nail you to the cross. Um, do they do that all the time? No. Uh, but the same insanity here, you know, they created a whole, you know, through the creating drugs, things that people ingest as a, something criminal, illegal. They, of course, have created a whole class of criminals, and now they're killing each other, the gangs and the prisons, and, you know, it's just <clears throat> suicidal. <clears throat> when you turn against God or something God-given, it's, just, it's like a suicidal tendency, and it shows up somewhere eventually down to the level of destruction of society. You have a war against your own people, and then a criminal class taking advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. Who needs a prescription for a pharmaceutical? We've already already you know signed the death warrant of a whole culture. You know, Dr. Circus, so. uh, a lot of people we talk to are battling cancer. And when they take the recommended, the suggested dosage of 60 grams of cannabis oil over a 90-day mm -hmm. period, they experience, many of them experience miraculous results. And cancer, as mm -hmm. you've written many times, thrives in an acidic environment and one that is low in oxygen. How does cannabis overcome those critical conditions? Well, it would do it in a roundabout way. There's no, there's nothing to suggest in a really direct way that it would. But that said, you know, one of the biggest uh, sources of cancer and one of the biggest provocations for the immune system to be weak and to allow something, a foreign invader or a domestic invader like cancer take you down, is stress. And marijuana, as opposed to 99% you know, of pharmaceuticals, it had, not only is it has a physical effect, but it has an emotional effect, a mental effect, and even a spiritual effect. As a natural substance, it's not unusual. So when you reduce stress you change something really deep in the body. You start breathing better. And we, I would talk about that to anybody with cancer, about their breathing and how important that is. So cancer, so marijuana addresses things around from the backside where hardly anything else does, meaning it helps regulate, it helps calm, it soothes. soothes. It's, um, it's wonderful. That's why people use it recreational, because it's kind of nice. It gives a person can. Not everybody. And some people get paranoid. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or they might smoke 10 years and then get paranoid, stop for a few years and start again, never get paranoid again. I mean, everybody has their own path and, you know, many things to factor in. Dr. Circus, has yeah, sorry, great effect. Sorry, Dr. Circus, talk to me a, b- a bit about uh, the breathing that you made reference to in people with cancer. Breathing and sodium bicarbonate are very related subjects, and I'll tell you why. Basically, the faster we breathe, the sooner we die. The faster we need to breathe really fast to sustain our cancer. When you look at a person's breathing and you go over 20 breaths a minute, you're talking cancer breath. Why? The faster we breathe, the less oxygen we're really getting. And so we're starving ourselves of oxygen, which some people define as basic cancer situation. The cells are not getting the oxygen or not being able to use the oxygen. And one of the reasons is because we're breathing too fast. We're blowing off the CO2. You know, when we exercise, we create a lot of CO2 and we got to breathe real fast. But when you're breathing fast and you're not doing anything, you're sitting in your chair with your computer or doing whatever else you're doing and you're breathing fast, it's not normal. So you're blowing off the CO2, your blood vessels are contracting, oxygen disassociation curve is turning in a negative sense. Bottom line, you get less oxygen. Because, and part of that is we got too little CO2. When you breathe slow, you start retaining CO2. When you take baking soda, sodium bicarbonate, and you drink it, it hits the stomach acid, and what does it happen? It turns into CO2, something that's good, <laughs> something we need. Mm-hmm. It, would be very nice, it would be very nice if CO2 was actually a global warming thing because instead of having an ice age now, a mini ice age, maybe we'd be sitting in the sun more often, but... CO2 is it's not what they tell us it is. And in the body, it's essential. You can't take pure oxygen without some CO2 put in it. It will poison you. If you put lemon in the glass, when you take sodium bicarbonate, it turns to fizzy water, carbon dioxide, and you drink that down. And you save some of your hydrochloric acid in your stomach. These things, slowing the breathing down, you know, gives you, and that's the hardest thing to do. There's a little device in my protocol. It's called the Breath Slim. It costs 50 bucks. It's one of the cheap. It's even cheaper than sodium bicarbonate over five years. Here, your 50 bucks lasts you five, ten years. It's a little device. You put the water in it, and you breathe out through it, and you blow bubbles, and it puts the brakes on your breathing. It makes slow breathing like a, a medical process, a discipline. Taking sodium bicarbonate gives you instant oxygen, and that's why it can save your life. If you have a bad infection, candida, you know, being eaten alive from infection, it gives you instant oxygen. And it's excellent for those folks who may be acidic, who have an acidic diet and drink lots of coffee. I know uh, I have one cup of coffee a day, but there are times when I find I can almost intuitively sense that I'm acidic, so I have a teaspoon of baking soda in a glass of water, and uh, very shortly, uh, I feel fine. It feels great. Tell me about uh, magnesium. Uh, I discovered you a number of years ago when you uh, first started uh, your website and started writing about magnesium. 
given the, the nature of much of the food that people eat today, what is the importance of supplementing with magnesium? Well, it's not quite as important as your next breath. You don't take your next breath, it's going to kill you. But mag- magnesium is like, without getting into the science, it's like in the car, it's like the oil. If you don't have enough oil in the car and you try to go up a mountain or even just down the block and you don't have any oil, your engine's going to seize up. It's not going to work. You need this oil. And we just so happen in the world of magnesium have a product called magnesium oil. And it's a liquid. And it does come, you can make it from salt farms or it comes in a natural form. They take it from underground sea deposits that have been down there for millions of years. And it feels like an oil. And it lubricates, let's say, everything in the body. Almost every physiological process is using magnesium one way or another to make us work right. It's, uh, I mean, I wrote a book, I've written two books about it. There's a lot of science, you can get into a lot of different effects. But in terms of, you know, overall, it, you know, it's involved in over 300 enzyme reactions. I mean, enzyme, mm-hmm. I mean, every enzyme reaction is important. They have hundreds of them. Or um, blood-brain barrier integrity or cell wall integrity and variability. Uh, without magnesium, you have a heart attack and it's, you know, a jiffy. I mean, we need magnesium for millions of people die. You know, so many millions have died over the last few decades just because they don't want to, government doesn't even want to look at the fact that if they put magnesium in the water, you save millions of lives. So because you'd be avoiding heart attacks. People don't die of heart attacks. They die of magnesium deficiency. One of the inter- to be the heart yeah, one of, first. Yeah, one of the interesting products out in the market is uh, magnesium chloride, uh, which is in a powder form. And I find that if you uh, put hot water in it and mix it up, almost like a tea, um, it is. Uh, it tastes great. Uh, it's fine. And uh, your body just absolutely loves it. What are some of the illnesses that many people may recognize as a result of magnesium deficiency? Oh, the list is almost, you know, all diseases. I mean, the main, the main ones, of course, are diabetes, um, all kinds of uh, heart vessel diseases, cancer. Cancer is a, you know, it's not just a magnesium deficiency, but... The lower your magnesium levels, the higher your incidence of cancer. It's uh, heart disease, I mean, strokes, all of these things. Uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. Chances are anybody with Parkinson's. One of the most incredible cases I ever saw was a patient of my wife. And it was a woman who walked into the, uh, into, into the office and was on a walker, could hardly walk. And my wife gave her a bottle of magnesium to put on her skin, this magnesium oil. And I get, I've gotten more magnesium massages in the last 10 years than anybody alive. I can guarantee you that. And two weeks later, this woman came back in without the walker, you know, smiling, walking, and like, oh, celebrating, you know, I'm, I'm great. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's astounding. Just the magnesium. 
just what you expect when you have a car that's overheating because there's not enough oil and all of a sudden you fill it up with oil. It's going to be a sweet feeling. It's, you know, for a magnesium deficient person, it's really, really, really helpful. And, and pretty instant, especially in the beginning. Dr. Circus, I can probably uh, think of some people who, listening to us who will probably say, you know what, this stuff is far too simple. Baking soda and magnesium, I just don't believe it. Do you get that very often? No, and, you know, well, breathing's not important, and drinking water's not important, <laughs> and, you know, say, reducing chemical and heavy metal, you know, some people just, kind of suicidal, you know, sodium bicarbonate, it's not simple, there's nothing simple about emergency room and, and uh, um, intensive care ward medicine, you know, it's injectable. So there's a lot of science behind it. There's nothing to believe or not to believe. You know, these are the kind of things, you know, like staples, you know. Like in medicine, the world of medicine, they're basic, basic things. And they're, when concentrated, they're very powerful, used to save lives in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, people doubt everything. You know, they, people, you know, their minds are running around in circles and they think they know everything. <laughs> so we've talked about cannabis, we've talked about sodium bicarbonate, we've talked uh, a little bit about magnesium. Another pillar of your protocol is the use of iodine. Give us an overview of iodine and what it does in the body and what you believe the state of iodine in the general population today. Well, Dr. Dave, I'll answer the last question first. Dr. David Brownstein, uh, one of the doctors I trust, he practices near Detroit, he tested 5,000 patients and like 97% were iodine deficient. Iodine is another medicine. Medicine, medicine, it's been around for 150, 180 years or something. Uh, it was one of the few medicines you would find in a pharmacy 100 years ago. You, you go in, you see... Iodine, you would see medical marijuana 100 years ago. You know, these are the things we'd find before the pharmaceutical companies uh, started getting dressed. And What was the question? Where was I going? I'm just uh, asking you about an overview of iodine, what it does in the body. Oh, yeah. I, the iodine, first of all, you can't live without it. You cannot live without iodine. It's a very concentrated medicine because we're usually deficient in it. Be we need it. Every cell needs it. We use it to, for metabolism. The thyroid uses it. The breast concentrated. The ovaries concentrated. The uh, thyroid, of course, and the prostate gland. These glands, even though all cells need it, they concentrate it. So when they're deficient, they're a little more vulnerable to get cancer. Uh, iodine is running the show in terms of metabolism and controlling. Um, pathogens in the body. Iodine, and you, as used in the hospital, kills everything on contact. Fungus, mold, candida, bacteria, and viruses. If you, if you have enough iodine, it kills everything. That's why they use it to clean things and put it on the skin, whatever. So when you take it, you're I mean, better than vaccines is a great thing for ch or, or antibiotics, which is against life, antibiotic. 
we use iodine to, you know, every time a kid gets cold or something, you know, or flu, whatever, you give them iodine because it kills infections naturally. There's no antibacterial uh, bacteria resistant to iodine. <laughs> it doesn't occur in nature. So iodine's a wonderful thing. Also, you know, for people in North America, Canada, United States, and all of the Northern Hemisphere who got some pollution from Fukushima, which put out radioactive iodine, not only of the short-lived type, the eight-day half-life, but the one that stick around for a million years. If you're iodine deficient, your thyroid gland puts out like a huge antenna looking desperately for anything that even looks like iodine which, of course, fluoride does. You put it in the water or bromide, which is in pharmaceuticals. Um, so iodine is really important. Selenium, too. Selenium is just one of these mystery minerals that's involved in so many things, including the creation of glutathione, basic enzyme in the body to get rid of heavy metals and radiation and toxicity and whatever. So selenium is great to... To take it in concentrated form. It's also great and, for men who uh, suffer from prostate issues. Oh, sure. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. They say that in science that taking 200 micrograms a day will reduce your chance of dying from cancer by 50%. 200 and micrograms. I use one micrograms. micrograms. The one I use, if people go to my site, drcircus.com, that's dr. S-I-R-C-O-S dot com. At the top, you'll see a protocol page. And you go there and you can see this whole protocol, these different things listed and where to buy them and maybe articles or videos about each each one. What I've been doing lately, these past basically six months or even longer, I've got magnesium was always my lead item, number one item. And but lately, these past six months, I've been going into even more into the ultimate small. I went from magnesium as my lead item to hydrogen, hydrogen gas, uh, basically hydrogen gas in water. So hydrogen water, hydrogen's a very small thing, gets everywhere in the body, and it'll take out all the oxidative stress. Then I even went down smaller, down into the electron using these little microcurrent devices, even like something like a zapper from, I never use from Clark, but I have one coming to me, something modified. You mean the Hulda Clark Clark zapper you're talking about? Well, yeah, she was into this electrical medicine, but there's now a new generation. There's a Dr. Jerry Tennant who, you know, let the world know a very brilliant but very basic thing, that a measurement of voltage is the same thing as measuring pH. pH is a measure of voltage, and a measure of voltage is pH. Mm-hmm. This is very fundamental. So these machines, I just published an essay yesterday, electric electron surgery with precision. You take these little instruments, and wherever you're hurting, you know, you just put them there, and it charges with voltage, which increases the, the pH, increases the oxygen. The higher the voltage, the higher the pH, the more oxygen can be retained and used. And then what I've been experimenting with lately is just another, you know, fantastic thing. Using photons, okay, using something even smaller than electrons, for, you know, re- 
uh, inf- laser infrared light, and you stick this little you know nozzle up your nose, very gently. I mean, it just clips on there. And for 15 minutes, you radiate your nose, which means the blood flowing through it, with this light. And it's the easiest thing in the world. And what you're ending up you're doing is you're treating the blood. You're having a blood treatment. You know, you go to a doctor and spend a lot of money and take a lot of risk and, and have your blood taken out of the body and big equipment and radiate it with this light and then return it to the body or even put a cathode in the body. Here's this little machine, you stick it up your nose twice a day, and you're getting like mainstream blood treatments with all the expected effects. So what I'm basically teaching people, you know, like with medical marijuana, don't just, you know, sit there at the crap table and roll the dice. and Okay, my medical marijuana is going to cure me. Take control of your life. Take, you know, start learning things and to apply basic, very powerful things to increase your chance of recovering and stay recovered forever and living a, a better life. And uh, marijuana, of course, um, this week or next week, I'm having in New York uh, my publisher publishing my book. It's called um, Healing with Medical Marijuana. Uh, getting Beyond the Smoke and Mirrors. Healing with Medical Marijuana. And that's coming out next week? Uh, I get it. It's already out in uh, ebook form. I see it here on Amazon. Okay. Uh, and the, it went to the printer already, and I think it's due out uh, next week. No, we'll look forward to that. Uh, and you have a number of books available on your website and through Amazon, do you not? Your website is Dr. Circus, D-R-S-I-R-C-U-S dot com. And uh, you have a, an enormous amount of information on there about magnesium, iodine, sodium bicarbonate, uh, cannabis. It's just, uh, uh, just an absolutely... Wealth of information, and uh, it's fantastic. I appreciate that. Dr. Circus, what do you think, if someone wanted to do one or two things to start in order to improve their health, what would those one or two things be, in your opinion? What would you recommend? Well, I would give me five things, but the first one I would do, I would start sodium bicarbonate. Second thing, uh, uh, getting control of breathing because that's so powerful and so important. Then I would go right to the magnesium, the iodine, uh, hydrogen water, flooding your body with hydrogen, treating your body, getting yeah. into uh, electricity. You know, one of the things I love the most, I think the best medical device in the world is a biomat are these far-infrared mattresses. You put it on your bed or your massage table or both, and, or you go to sleep at night, you know, you turn it on a half hour before you get into bed and you jump into it, and it's like jumping into heaven or into your lover's arms. This warmth just embraces you. But medically speaking, um, it, and sleeping on it, it's, it's supporting you. It's with energy, with this warmth. And, of course, when people get cold, they die. You know, the colder we get, the closer we get to death. Mm-hmm. Cold, the body temperature mathematically tracks our immune system response. That's why sometimes getting a fever will cure a cancer. 
because your immune system goes into overdrive. Mm-hmm. This biomat increases the body temperature. Not only does it make you comfortable, and if you know, if you got the flu, there's no place better to be than is on a biomat. And I tell everybody I'm going to die on mine because there's no place else to be. Also, when you're leaving the planet, you might as well be on your biomat, <laughs> the most comfortable. You know, you can't be dying. In pro- I don't think too many people die while they're making love. So you might as well be on the biomat. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Circus, so, knowing everything you do about uh, about health and wellness, how is your health? Are you in, are you in good health today? I am in much better. I'm alive because of my protocol and in much, 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 much better health than I've been for a long time. I'm 64. And I really got away with murder in terms of how I treated myself until about 60. I knew at 50 I should have started changing myself, but I didn't. And I instead of became a workaholic. You know, my life started working really in in these last 10, 12 years. Um, So I started very – I'm a late bloomer. But at 60, I fell on the tennis court with GERD, with an acid reflux attack. It came on very quick. It got worse every day, day, worse, worse, worse. It's so bad. I was crying on the floor, and then I would get up in my chair and go back to work. Uh, I finally took a pharmaceutical. I took a pain medication, and it worked perfectly. It took away all my pain and left me with not even be able to walk to the bathroom. It just seemed to squash the, the pain with the esophagus, the tissues. So it just be, totally changed everything, and I became, instead of pain, I became weak. And long story short, this is four years later, part of my protocol for sure, I had a near-death experience a year after this ball began, and uh, it all forced me to start changing myself. And, you know, I'm a really good doctor, meaning I'm a terrible patient. <laughs> so I had to confront a lot of things. I learned a lot of things, a lot, a lot, these four years by have, having to experiment on myself, to having to take things to an extreme, to you know be cur- courageous enough to try new things constantly. Am I 100%? No. Am I a health nut yet? No. <laughs> Am I 95% better? You know? Yeah. I mean... Some moments I feel brilliant in terms of my health lately. Yeah, but I'm still uh, when I get enlightened in terms of my when I get enlightened in terms of my body, I'll let you know. Okay, great. Just want to encourage people to go to your website, drcircus d r s i r c u s dot com, drcircus dot com. Great information, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that's it for another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again tomorrow. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't and i'm out